Welcome to episode 126 of the Gamboss Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host. It's Christian. On this week's episode, Christian and I both watched the movie Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, and we have a listener-submitted topic regarding Grand Theft Auto. But first, Christian, you and I both watched Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, which was, <laughs> which was my pick... Uh, my pick for this week, and this movie is not what I remember it being from when I saw this in high school. Yeah, this is a strange pick. I I don't know if I even had heard of this movie. So I wanted to pick it because we're getting to high school reunion season here, the the five year, ten year, fifteen year, and whatnot. So I thought it would be you know apt to pick it. <laughs> oh boy, there is this movie literally. I mean, I'm just going to jump right into it. This movie literally has no plot other than they are going to a high school reunion. Like, the middle third of it was a dream sequence. Yeah, I there's a 10-minute dream sequence that didn't need to be in it, and a 90-minute movie, and this is me who loves shorter movies, being like, this was short of actual movie. <laughs> but they also have a flashback scene that's like five minutes that probably didn't need to be in there either. Yeah, very weird. So this was directed by David Merkin, and it starred, stars uh, Mira Servino, Lisa Kudrow, and Janine Garofalo, which, I mean, these this is when they were in their 30s, so they were probably still pretty big names in the 90s, but these are people, I think, for the most part, who are still relevant. Right. Uh, like, Mia Servino, I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything else, and her accent in this, I don't know... Since I've never seen her in anything else, I don't know if it was an accent for this movie or that's actually what her voice is, but I loved it. <laughs> it was hilarious. So, Mira Servino's story, which is why I, I sort of hedged my wording on you still hear it, well, <laughs> that right. she was an Oscar winner and rising star at the time, uh, but her career was ruined by Harvey Weinstein when he blacklisted her in Hollywood for refusing his advances. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, that's why I think maybe she's more known now. Uh, apparently, Peter Jackson wanted to cast her as a major role in Lord of the Rings, but Weinstein forbid, like, forbade it. That would have been interesting. Yeah, let's get to her voice, because I think that's why I did not like this movie. I don't know if that's her voice or if she was playing a character, but her voice really annoyed me. I uh, truly, I think it was my favorite part. <laughs> oh my god! Huh? <laughs> Did you ever watch Daria? Okay, she sounds like one of the like a side character in that, which makes me like leads me to think like maybe that was an accent she was putting on because I cannot imagine an Oscar winner talking like that in all of her roles. Yeah, I would have to find something else that she's been in and and put it on because I I don't really even know how to describe it other than like ditzy minnesota also like mo monotone ish yeah <laughs> yeah and I, very I very like uh like question inflection for everything very everything goes up at the end of the sentences yeah everything oh my gosh christian <laughs> Number, number one, I think my biggest problem with this movie was it literally has no story. The story is, Romy and Michelle are 28. They're going to their high school reunion back in Tucson, Arizona. They're currently living in uh, Los Angeles. 
and then they're going to lie about being successful, and that is the entire plot of this movie. <laughs> yeah, and, they and and the the thing they come up with the the reason they're successful is that they are the inventor of post-it notes. Yes, which honestly, I learned something. They would have graduated high school in 1987, 88, according to this movie. I had assumed post-it notes were invented in like the 70s or something, but I guess they weren't invented until maybe closer to the 90s or in the 90s. Right. And I guess this this is like a pre-Google world where people at this reunion couldn't just be like, no, of course you didn't. Yeah, the only reason they got caught was one of the characters happened to go to college with the guy who actually invented post-it notes randomly. This was a weird movie. Like, I don't think I liked it, but I didn't hate it. It was just kind of like, okay. So I think this is a bit of a cult classic, and I I guess I can see how it was, but this is a movie I think I would have had to really have been into in high school because watching this at, like, being slightly older than the age that Romeo and Michelle are going to their 10-year reunion... I don't think this is how... Like, no one in this movie acts like a real 28-year-old. At all. Also, uh, Mira Sorvino and Lisa Kudrow were both, like, 34, I think, at the time of this, playing 28-year-olds. But at one point, they're trying to play 18-year-olds, and they look nothing like 18-year-olds. Yeah, this was a, uh, it, it was the original Dear Evan Hansen. They just kind of put these 30-year-olds in a, in a high school and called it a day. Sorry. So, you know, everyone in this looks like they're in their 30s or 40s. Like, no one looks age-appropriate even for their late 20s. And everyone in this was way too good-looking for the 10-year reunion. There should have been some people <laughs> balding and some people who just got real fat. <laughs> I mean, they, they kind of did that with the, the jock character, where he was, like, not necessarily, like, physically, like, fallen off, but, he, like, they definitely made him into, like, kind of a worm of a person. Yeah, and he had a little bit of a pop belly, I guess, but yeah. just physically, everyone looked way too good for their tenure. I mean, <laughs> I said someone should have been fat, but also, this movie, like... It was, this had to have been a different joke because one of the jokes entirely was I think Romy used to be fat in high school and in the flashback, flashback she was not fat at all. No, she looked exactly the same. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. They didn't even say she was fat. They were like, oh, Michelle, you had a back brace, which I can see kids making fun of you for. And they're like, and Romy, you were slightly fat. And and then when someone saw her at 28, they're like, oh, Romy, you were the slightly fat girl or something. Like it was, or he called her like Chubbo or something, which is just like no one, no one's doing that at a reunion. Wild. Maybe the five year, not the ten year. <laughs> I I love Alan Cumming. I was happy to see him in in just about anything. So when he walked on screen, I was pretty pretty pleased. But he was another one where it was like, this is not a teenager. No, <laughs> not at all. Also, Alan Cumming at 28 is a creeper, dude. He, like, had a crush on this girl in high school and then apparently got rich and pined for her. And, like, this was someone who had been spurned at age 17's, like, master plan to become rich and then sweep the girl off of her feet 10 years later. Like, it's so stupid and I think a little bit, like, just creepy. Good for him, man, though. It worked. 
I guess it worked, but you think he would have <laughs> developed other friends in the 10 years prior, especially once he was extremely rich? <laughs> yeah, you would think. I did like at the end, he just gave them the money to open their store, and they were like, well, who, like, who cares if we give somebody a discount? We'll just ask Alan Cumming for more money. Yeah. Also, in this, the entire thing is, they live in, like, a beachfront property on what looked to be something like Venice Beach in L.A., one of them is unemployed, and one of them is, like, a cashier at a Jaguar dealership. There's no way they were afford... Like, how did they afford that housing? Oh, uh, the magic of the 90s. Yeah. Oh, boy. It was probably a subprime mortgage. <laughs> uh, one, one interesting thing, I don't know if you noticed this, because I think you only saw Mystery Men once, but the bowler from the Mystery Men plays... Um, uh, sorry, I'm looking for her name. Oh, yeah, Ginny Garofalo. Oh, that okay, yeah, sorry. So the bowler from Mystery Men's in this, which I thought was funny, and I, I actually found her character the most jaded and humorous. <laughs> yeah, I, I love her. I was excited when I saw her name in the opening credits. Uh, I think she was the only somewhat realistic portrayal of someone who actually hated <laughs> high school and being 28 and going back to just wanting to rub their money in their face. I really enjoyed the... Uh, the like mini monologue we got about like all I wanted to do was make somebody's somebody's life miserable and I never got to do that <laughs> in every single flashback she's making somebody's life miserable that is the one thing I sort of enjoyed about this was like it was just the trickle down of Pete being horrible <laughs> to someone who you thought was below you like the popular yep. kids made fun of Romeo and Michelle they were, like, not the nicest people to Alan Cummings. Alan Cummings was mean to Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo, who was mean to the girl with, like, the pictures and the yearbook? Well, at least she got her yearbook signed ten years after the fact. Dude. <laughs> no, again, no one... That lady was weird if she brought her yearbook to a ten-year reunion and was like, I'm getting signatures that I never got. Like, she... It's weird because I would be like, this person peaked in high school... But, I mean, she seemed to be the bottom of the social chain. I don't think she peaked there, you know? This is a real low peak. I guess. <laughs> I really guess so. I'm so interested in just who wrote this. Like, what was their experience like? Because my high school experience, and granted, I went to high school in the 2000s. But it was completely different than this high school experience. And... I I do not know anyone who's had a 10-year reunion experience like this movie. No, so I did not go to our 10-year reunion. It was just... Uh... Christian, I went to your 10-year Oh, that's right! <laughs> I, I didn't even go to your high school. <laughs> I didn't go to my 10-year reunion. Only like four people went to it, I found out. But yeah, I, I went to yours. Well, I was just going to say, I saw the pictures, and I feel like only about 20 or 30 people went to mine. Uh, uh, I would say maybe 50 people total. Or, yours had a pretty good turnout. Grant, I don't know what your I, graduating class was. It was. I think it was about 150. I got the invite to mine, and I was like, I'm not going. If anyone wants to do anything afterwards, let me know. Yeah. I mean, yours was... I don't know. It was It was not this, I will say. I, <laughs> it wasn't this. I didn't... Someone. Some rich people didn't fly in in a helicopter oh and start doing ballet, what, which I was disappointed What for. a moment. Yeah, I, I will say, ours... 
had the the added chaos of the person that was supposed to be in charge of it like moved to the other side of the country and was like I'm I could not be bothered to deal with this. And so the I, I mean the, the I never knew how these worked. It's weird to me that your guys' school was like, oh yeah, just random people who were class presidents ten years ago are supposed to throw this. Yeah, I I guess. You know, on your story, Christian, if someone was offended that the person they called 10 years later to host a high school reunion didn't do it, they, those people who are offended would be in Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Yeah, I wouldn't do it either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, they did have a great... I, I actually thought this line was hilarious. Uh, in the reunion when, like, the the popular girls were still being mean to Romy and Michelle when... I think Michelle goes, well, at least I didn't get fat. And they're like, we're not fat, we're pregnant. Oh my god. This, yeah, this movie was wild. That The mean girl really reminded me of somebody, and I could not, for the life of me, place her, and it bugged me the entire movie. Yeah, was, was... So how many high school reunion movies do you know about? I feel like the 80s and 90s had like a glut of high school slash like like high school reunion movies. Like Gross Point Blank, high school reunion movie is actually really good though. Um, including this one, I want to say one. <laughs> I don't, I like nothing, nothing really sprang to mind. Maybe I'm just, like, thinking, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not watching movies, but I feel like, well, number one, they don't make a ton of comedies anymore, and I feel like high school slash reunion movies tend to be comedies. But, like, even, like, looking at high school movies, like, they had, you had, like, The Breakfast Club, you had... <laughs> we watched Ghost World, which was, I think, a high school movie-ish. I don't know. But I guess, like, is Lady Bird a high school movie, though? Yeah. So maybe it's just there. They're just different flavors. I did like the running joke about Janine Garofalo trying to get uh, a lighter off of that guy. Oh, yeah. And then he was at the high school reunion, and he was like, I had a terrible stutter, <laughs> and I never spoke to anybody <laughs> for four years. Yeah. I Also, he, he pulled a uh, Alan Cummings and waited 10 years to get what you need. He pulled the reverse, though. I don't know if he's rich. He got with the rich girl, though. Right. I think this this movie had so much just, like, I don't, like, I don't want to say it's, like, purposeful nostalgia, but, like, looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this existed. Like, did you see those retro Dorito bags they were eating? Yes. <laughs> I, like it was clear product placement but when i saw it i was like oh my god i forgot that's what dorito bags used to look like and also <laughs> the mtv show singled out <laughs> i forgot that show existed christian yeah yeah there was a lot of weird like blast from the past stuff in here it's so f weird to me like this movie came out roughly the same time as Dude, Where's My Car, right? Dude, Where Was My Car is what, the year 2000? Yeah. And this is 1997, so like a three-year difference. And they feel like they're inhibiting drastically different, like, cultural eras to me, though. Like, Dude, Where's My Car feels very 2000s, whereas this feels very 90s, which is weird because it's only, it's such a small difference in years. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot that we watched Dude Where's My Car. Dude, I've picked some I've picked some great movies this year. 
Oh man, I dude, there's not. This is the problem. There is just not much to talk about on this, other than I think everyone in here is acting completely irrationally. The climax of this was them telling off the popular girls when they're you know nearing the age of thirty, and one of the popular girls has like two children, and it just I don't know. It it did not sit with me. Like I didn't find this was as funny as I remember thinking it was funny in like high school. I'm just wondering if this is one of those things where, like, if you watch this when you're not 28, you're like, yeah, this is what being an adult's like. And then when you get to 28 and you see someone acting like that, and you're like, oh, boy, this person is very immature, you know? <laughs> one piece of trivia I did also find, Alan Cummings, I guess, owns a bar in New York. Yes. Called Club Cumming, where every... I don't know if it's once a year or every Saturday, the bar hosts a Romeo and Michelle-themed... Uh, party involving 90s music dj requests and post-it notes and scarf folding stations which i think is pretty funny that's crazy <laughs> because like this doesn't seem like it was a very big part of his career but maybe it was i don't know i had just heard him on a uh do an interview on a podcast about a week and a half ago and he was talking about uh the club that he owns and how he like rolls in there every now and then and bartends Christian, do you know how this movie fared with critics? Uh, it was alright. Audience on Rotten Tomatoes has this at a 65%. The critics put it up a little higher at a 73%. Um, I, I don't know. I'd probably put it at like a 50. Yeah, I mean, the the reviews kind of mesh with its box office. The budget on this was $20 million. The box office was 292 So they made money, but it wasn't, you know, a blowout success that you sometimes see on these i'm i'm with you on this one i don't would you recommend our audience check this out probably not yeah i don't i don't think so either man like this i feel like this is a movie you had to watch either when you're younger you watch it or like you saw this when you're younger when it came out and it stuck with you but for watching it in 2021 i just I thought parts of it were funny i didn't think some of the jokes aged as well like the only main joke one of the only main jokes they reused was about, like, the girl being fat. <laughs> but, it, you know, but it, I don't know. They weren't even, like, particularly funny fat jokes. They were just like, you are fat, over and over again. Yeah, nothing so, in this really gave me, like, big laughs. Yeah, there was just, like, a couple chuckles here and there. So, and, like, I mean, it was your favorite part, but... The, Romy's voice in this annoyed me so much that I could not stand it. So that's like also a huge factor in me saying I don't recommend this. All right, and this week we have a listener-submitted topic from Dan. His question is, they recently announced that Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy definitive edition, was announced. What are our thoughts on that? And I don't know if you had a chance to look into this, Christian, but I can give you some headlines if you'd like. Okay, so uh, big headline pieces on this is the games involve Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, which are all originally released on the PlayStation 2. The purchase price on this is $60 for all three. Um, and then changes are there's new lighting and environmental upgrades, high-resolution textures, Increased draw distance. Oh my god! Increased draw distances, GTA 5 style controls, targeting, weapon wheel, etc. A revised mini map, 
And then if you failed a mission, you can restart immediately instead of like having to drive all the way back there. Uh, this is being released on the PC, the PS4, PS5, Xbox, Switch, and it's being released November 11th, 2021. Uh, do you want to go first or second on what your thoughts are on this? Uh, so, I mean, I, I can go first. I'm not going to have many. I've honestly never played any of the Grand Theft Auto games. It's kind of like a blind spot for me in like gaming history. Uh, but I mean, as far as price goes, this doesn't seem crazy i mean it's three older games but they've all been upgraded and it, there's three of them and 60 bucks is like market price for one game now so so my initial thinking on this is that the purchase price is just way too high uh because you at one point i don't know if you still can used to be able to buy like each games of these individually on steam for like at most 10 to 15 dollars and so like you know you get you can get mods and stuff so like you get the new combat and you get all that it just seems really high for 20 year old games normally when you see these remaster packs you see them coming out like 40 bucks um so i don't know i i think the pricing is really high this doesn't really interest me i um I was really into GTA 3 i actually beat GTA 3 it was like my first playstation 2 game when i got the ps2 uh, I couldn't get into Vice City, but I know a lot of people say Vice City is their favorite. And then I played some of San Andreas, um, it, but again, I, I never got really into it. So I wouldn't say I'm a huge Grand Theft Auto fan, other than I, I really liked 3. <laughs> but, you know, 3 was groundbreaking at the time it came out because it was like open world mayhem and you hadn't seen that before. I think it's cool they introduced the GTA 5 style controls. Um, I revisited GTA 3 probably in like 2014 when I still had my PlayStation 2 hooked up. And it feels dated. Like like PlayStation 2 games in general, it's one of my favorite eras. But when you play some of them, the controls on certain games are clunky. Like, have you played Kingdom Hearts 1 anytime oh, recently? Oh, God. Not super recently, but certainly within the past like two or three years after having the like the experience of the later games. Yeah, and like that's just those controls are not ideal anymore. So like I think that's a huge improvement actually, especially with the weapon wheel because I remember in the GTA games you used to have to like hit R1 and L1 just to cycle through everything. And then in Vice City and San Andreas, if I'm remembering this right, like you would just get like various groups of weapons. It's not like you could hold, get everything easily all at once. Um, but this is, I think, pretty standard on a remaster. Like, you're getting the upgraded lighting and all that. Uh, I, 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 I'm disappointed in the $60 price, and I feel like a lot of people probably are, but Grand Theft Auto V just prints money for Rockstar, so I don't know if they care. Like, that game is on three, is going to be on three generations of consoles, which Holy is insane. Crap. It released at the end of the ps3 like xbox 360 life cycle i want to say in like 2013 somewhere around there 2012 somewhere around there i remember it coming out one but around then then it got ported to like a nicer edition on the ps4 xbox one generation where you could enter first person uh you could play it like in first person which was a novelty and then it's just been um being pumped and kept alive by its online, which its online is a completely different piece from the actual <laughs> game. So who knows if they're ever getting a new Grand Theft Auto or when, but 
you know, I think this is one people have been calling for. People love Vice City and San Andreas. Um, I don't know. I just, I think it's a steep price tag. I would not pick it up. I'm not going to pick it up, I should say. All right, guys, and before we head out for this week, me and Christian are just going to quickly go over what we've been checking out this week. Christian, what have you been uh, watching or playing or whatever this week? I got caught up on Great British Bake Off, my comfort show. Uh, Other than that, I watched all of season three of You, uh, which just premiered, uh, I think, about a week ago now from when we're recording this. And it was good. I... it's not my favorite season of the show. Uh, it was very chaotic, very messy. Um, but I, I think if you like the show so far, that it's, it'll definitely not disappoint. You'll you'll be into it. I think you talked about seasons one and two of this on the podcast, but I can't remember. What is you about? It is about a serial stalker and murderer, and it is told like through his perspective of like, quote-unquote, falling in love with these girls that he stalks and then, like, eventually, like, gets to have a relationship with. But then, of course, things start to fall apart because, you know, he's a sociopath. Gosh, maybe we didn't talk about it on the podcast, and that doesn't sound familiar. I think I, I may have mentioned it a, a little bit, but, yeah, it's it's a weird show. It was on Lifetime for a season, and then it got canceled, and then Netflix picked it up and made seasons two and three. It is funny going back and watching because you can clearly tell in season one like where there used to be commercial breaks. They are like built into the structure of the show, and that. How did you start watching a Lifetime show? Did you start watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't start it until I think season two had already come out and was released on Netflix. I because I'd never heard of it before a certain point. Gotcha. Um, Are you watching anything? Um. Nothing at the moment. I mean, I I watch Dune, but I will save uh, the majority of my commentary about that for our next episode uh, because it's amazing. And if I start talking about it, it'll be another forty-five minutes. So, uh, um, otherwise, I'm I bought uh, Back for Blood. The it's it's like the spiritual successor oh. to the Left for Dead series. So I'm very yeah. You had mentioned that a couple episodes ago. Yes, I'm ago. very excited to play that probably tonight. Okay, nice. Um, for what I've been doing, uh, big one is video games. I mean, I'm grinding my way through Destiny Two. I'm trying to get to the max uh, power level, pinnacle level, whatever they want to call it. Um, so that's been eating up a lot of my time. But I have played some Switch. I beat Mega Man Eleven, which I had bought a while ago, and then just never got around to playing. <laughs> um, it's good. I'm not great at Mega Man games, so I'm not really going to review it because uh, I think there's four difficulties, and I played on like the. I didn't play on the normal one. I played on the one below it because I'm terrible at Mega Man games, and I just wanted to check out what Mega Man was about. So I don't feel like I should actually talk about it as like review it as a game. But I thought it was it was really fun. I might go. I didn't actually. I usually delete games after I beat them. I did not delete this. I'm thinking about going through and trying to beat it on normal mode just because I have an idea of how those games work right. now. Um, but it was cool. Uh, and then the other one that I am loving is I Metroid Dread. Like Metroid has not really released a 2D Metroid game for like 14 or 15 <laughs> years. 
I think the last one was on the GBA. I've wow. never played a Metroid game. I like Metroidvanias, which is like a combination of gameplay between like Castlevania Symphony of the Night and Metroid. Um, so I was, I was on the fence about it. And then Nintendo released a demo for Metroid Dread, which is its new Metroid game, which released in early October. Uh, I played it. It's like the first 10% of the game or something. It was like an hour, between like an hour and two hours. And it hooked me, so I ended up buying it. I really like the game. Um, I will probably review that one once I play through, but I was surprised at how much I'm enjoying it. And I'm excited that Nintendo's starting to do more demos because there are some a lot of games on the Switch where I'm like, I don't know if I'll like this or not, and I wish they had demos because I really thought Hot Wheels Racers looked cool. And it's I ended up buying it. it's pretty cool, but I wish I had demoed it because I don't like how it like the it's a car it's a Hot Wheels car racing game, and I like racing games, um, but I don't like how the cars control and it, so it's it's kind of a disappointment to me. But Metroid Dread, awesome so far. You mentioned racing games uh, last night. I sat down at my PlayStation and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if I want to put on Netflix or play something, put on Horizon like I always do. And I was like, oh, you know what I have on here? Star Wars pod racing. And I, I played pod racing for like an hour and a half. I thought, I think I saw you on that last night. I was like, oh, Christian bought a Star Wars racing From game. like 1999. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever play the arcade cabinet of those? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back in the day. I always liked them because that was the one that was like you actually sat on a pod racer, yeah. right? That was a cool one. How how does that hold up? Because I remember playing that on the N sixty four, and liking it, but also I was pretty young when that came out, so I don't actually know if it's a good game. It's or pretty not. fun. I'm not gonna lie. I, I I was having a lot of fun last night. Because there's like, like you got a race to get golds and everything, right, for the tournament. But there's also in each race there's something called Watto's bribe. And if you, like, crash into other racers and destroy their pods, he'll give you extra money for the parts they they drop. So That's you can awesome. choose to play for to, to win, or you can choose to just destroy as many opponents as you can in three laps. That's funny. I don't remember that at all in the game, and that sounds like a cool uh, concept to add into a racing yeah, game. Yeah, I was having a lot of fun last night. Um... Last night was Halloween. I also, on that, uh, for a movie while we were handing out candy, put on Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I think I talked about on the podcast before. I had have watched once, which was like a live showing nearly 10 years ago at this point now, and I hated, I hated the movie. I hated the experience. I didn't know what was going on. I was probably a little, had drank a little bit too much before the show. It wasn't. I thought we were like going to see a movie and not people perform and yell and throw stuff, and I was very annoyed by it. Honestly, uh, but last night, like same sorry. on all parts. Like I watched. I've only <laughs> seen it live. I saw it about five years ago, and I was like, "Why did I do this to myself?" Yeah, maybe I would have felt differently if I knew what this was going in. But like, I went in blind and was like, "I hate. I hate everything about this." <laughs> so rewatched it. I still, the movie's not for me, but I appreciate the movie more for what they're trying to do. Because originally I was like, oh, this is just like a bad 70s movie, but it's like purposely bad and like spoofy and it's like spoofing old science fiction movies. Like I get that now while I'm watching it at home instead of like with a theater with people yelling and being like, what is going on? <laughs> um, 
And, you know, I don't, the music's not my favorite, but there's like two or three songs that I thought were pretty good that have been stuck in my head. So I think that's worth a check out if you're bored and you have an hour and 40 minutes to spend because the way that, it, like, when I was at the theater, I, it felt like people were making fun of the movie for being bad. And I don't know, I, I, I feel like that actually isn't the case. Like, this is technically, like, a, a fairly well-made movie. Um, and it's, like, spoofy. And it, it, you actually started as a play, which I was surprised about. The guy who wrote and like the music and all this stuff for it is one of the main characters in it. So that that was cool. Like I appreciate it. I feel like it's like uh, 2001: a Space Odyssey. Like I'm glad I watched it to understand what it is. I appreciate it, but I'm probably never going to watch it again. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. If you'd like to contact us, we are at Gambots Network on Twitter, or you can email us at gambots.blog at gmail.com. Also, we have a website now if you want to check that out. That's gambotsnetwork.com. And finally, if you're listening to somewhere where you can rate and subscribe, we'd appreciate it as that does help with marketing. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you.